The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Latter-day Lives podcast, episode four this week. I'm your host, Sean Rapier, and I'm really excited about today's show. We have got a guest in studio today who is just incredible. He is an actor. He is a comedian. Um, he's just one of the funniest and best guys we know. And it's going to be a great conversation with him. In the My Latter-day Life segment, uh, I'll be telling you a little bit about... Uh, just, I guess, the importance of reaching out there and making friends. So lots of good things ahead. Thanks for joining us. Let's get on with the show. And now on to the conversation we have here in the studio with me, the one, the only Mr. Stephen Jones. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good. We finally made it through. I'm telling you, we tried to start it off and I was laughing every time. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, full, full, oh, full, goodness. full reveal. We actually. Oh, this, this is, is the third. The this is the third time that oh, we okay. have started trying to record this. Oh goodness, we, that was funny. I don't know why we were laughing. Maybe it's because it's very late. <laughs> it's very late at night. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Stephen just had a Klondike <laughs> bar, so he has hopped up on sugar and cream. And, shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done yeah, it. Yeah, that's my bad. It. That was my fault. Morgan so Freeman. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Stephen does an amazing impression of no, no. Listen, so he came in. He said, "Just test the mic. The mic just sounds so good." I just got on the mic and was just like Morgan Freeman. So interestingly, Stephen can do an impression of Morgan Freeman, but, <laughs> but, but only the, only Morgan Freeman saying his name. You Morgan can only Freeman. do Morgan Freeman saying yeah. Morgan Freeman. Uh, you're good. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, but we have Stephen Jones here with us. Stephen is a comedian. He is an actor and. He is a Latter-day Saint, and so we're really glad to have you, Stephen. I think everybody's going to be really excited to learn about you because, uh, as we'll talk about in a little bit, you're uh, quite a celebrity now. Oh, bless you. That's so. That's such a relative term, you know. Yeah, but anyway, but you are, so it's good. So anyway, uh, Stephen, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What should people know about Stephen Jones? Where, like, where were you born? Where you were? Uh, where were you raised? Yeah, so I just was back there actually, Tallahassee, Florida. I grew up there. Uh, Kind of a little bit of a different background. So I always joke, actually, when I do my comedy, I'll say, like, you know, because my mom is white. Like, my mom is, like, a Caucasian. Yeah. Like, my dad is, like, dark. Like, like close your eyes real quick. Like, <laughs> like, I'm talking, like, dark. Okay? Like, my dad is dark. You know, he, you know what I mean? Like, my dad, like, when I, my parents, they, they, um, they got divorced when I was six. Okay. And my dad and my mom, like, I love them both. But I'm like, when they, like... Hey, like my dad is just such a, they're so different, but like not even just, you know, but my dad is honestly so genuine and so is my mom. But, uh, so we're, you know, anyway, Tallahassee, Florida is where I was born. Five kids. My dad actually has eight children. I have a, I have a sister I haven't even met. Really? Yeah. I haven't even met a girl that was, uh, she like, I think my dad, uh, had it when he was 15. I'm getting so detailed right now. Man, no, that's great. But, uh, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we grew up in Tallahassee, small town. Did you live with your Council. mom or your dad after the divorce? So I lived with my mom. Yeah. And so my dad's a great guy, just, you know, grew up as with a single mom. And you I mean, you see your dad every other weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, I wasn't really around a dad. So it's kind of funny because like my dad's really handy. Oh, but yeah. I'm not that handy. Yeah. I feel like it's in me. Yeah, but I'm not. You just haven't you haven't gotten the skill out there yet. Well, because my wife's like, I'm like, I, I will, I can fix it, you know, but yeah. I can't, you know. <laughs> but I feel like I could, right? And but I don't blame it on anything. But it's just like, and I have a couple of friends who who are the same, yeah, kind of background, and, and I'm like, none of us are handy. It is, and is I'm like, you know what it is? It's because. We didn't grow up around our dads, you know? Sorry, I, I grew up so. a, around my dad. I'm the least handy person I've ever met. <laughs> well, my, I'm just saying my dad is handy. He really yeah. is. He really is. And so I didn't. I wasn't around him. Like, you know, most kids, when their dad, like high school, like their dad's fixing stuff and they're yeah. there, you know? So, yeah. So, I mean. Cool upbringing. So, were yeah, you cool raised upbringing. in the church with Raised your mom? in the church. Parents. My parents joined the church in 1979. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And so, my, my, like, you know, the whole like blacks and the priesthood stuff. Yeah. My dad didn't even know about that. Oh, interesting. And it was only a year after. And to this day, you he doesn't care about that stuff. Yeah. Doesn't care about it. That's cool. People call him the N-word. In, in the church, people call him the N-word. 
Really? No, didn't care, man. The, the man is, he's a pioneer in all that's awesome. sense of the word. For real, yeah. That is a true, I mean, that's a true pioneer. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So growing up in the church, you're growing up in the church in the South, in Florida. Yep. Uh, black man in the church. When, yep. So when I travel, people, I travel every week for my job. People are always asking me questions about the church. Do you yeah. know I've had multiple times people have asked me, how come there are no black members of your church? Uh. They haven't been to so Africa. Have, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you go to Africa. There's all like, seriously, like the whole yeah. ward is black. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, like man, I've never seen a black bishop. You're like uh, in Africa, all of them are black. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, most yeah, South Africa for sure. I'm saying for yeah. sure. So, do you get when you know when people find out that you're LDS? Do you ever get that surprised response of yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're well, a black man who's in the church. Well, it's already interesting enough being biracial, which I think is interesting to note because. My dad's black. My mom's white. I grew up in both cultures. So I kind of, I don't really ever think that I'm, if I'm in a room with a lot of white people, I don't think I'm white. I'm like, I don't think that I'm like, oh, I'm the only black person. Or if I'm in a room with a bunch of white people, did I already say that? If I'm in a room, yeah, if you're in the room black with a bunch people, of black people, I don't think, people. oh, I'm kind of white. Yeah. But anyway, I, I joke and I say like, well, why do you say that? You, people say, why do you say you're black if you're both? Yeah. You know, and I'm like. Well, if I say that I'm white, it's confusing. If I say that I'm black, <laughs> I get more money for college. But I'm just joking. I just, I'm just like, I'm just, I just say it because you know, I mean, I didn't get a scholarship for playing bat- football or anything. But, but the thing oh, is though, fantastic. but the thing is though, people who, um, they ask that because, I mean, in Utah, there's not that many black people. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but that's changing. But even in any church, right? Yeah. I say that most most churches. If you think of any church that wasn't historically majority black, there aren't that many white people. Yeah, if you look at most churches that, that are majority white, there's not that many black people because guess what? Black people are a minority, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. It's just a weird question to me. But I've been to, be to some of the uh, black churches in the South, uh-huh. like the Southern Baptist black, like uh-huh. I'm the only white guy there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing. Like, I would love a, it. There's an incredible faith. Yeah. A lot of culture. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. that's a really interesting point of view. Yeah. So you grew up, lived in Florida your whole life until until my mission. Until your mission, where'd you serve your mission? So I served my mission in Brazil, Porto Alegre, North. So you know how you get to get to the to you get to, to the actual yeah. mission. You like speak yeah. into the English. And you, Porto Alegre North. You know, <laughs> Porto, Porto Alegre North. Yeah. Down in the south, gets cold. Everything you would yeah. never know. But yeah. So, so I get the same way. I served my mission in Chile. In Chile. In Chile. <laughs> And when people say people say chili, it drives me nuts. Oh my gosh! You're like yes, I served no in peppers. a can of chili. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Terrible. <laughs> How was your mission? Mission was great. Mission was great. Honestly, like I wish that I kind of wish that those roots. You think on a mission, you're only focused on one thing, yeah. and you got two suitcases, man. Yeah, you got your two whole life. suitcases, and you're happy. And it's the hardest thing. But you look back and you're like. I was the happiest too. Yeah. You know? I feel the so same way great. about my mission. It was mission. great. 2003 yeah. to 2005. And that's crazy to even believe that it's it's already been that long. Yeah. You've been home 12 years now. Wow. It goes crazy. by very fast. Very fast. Was that right, math? Did you do that math? Yeah. Okay. I did that math right in my head. <laughs> I that's hope so. Impressive, hope so. It is late. And I didn't have a Klondike bar. <laughs> I need to lose weight. No. Um, but uh, but uh, so you get home from a mission. Now, what, what brought you out to Utah? When did you come out? Interesting. So like I uh, I had a friend who did summer sales, but I didn't know that summer sales was like the stigma that it was of summer sales. And I don't so, know. Is there a stigma to summer there sales? Was. I, I didn't know that. I you, wouldn't consider that a stigma. You don't know. I know a lot of guys who have done it. I don't know. I don't know. But I was in, so I was in Tallahassee. And so my friend from my mission, his brother-in-law owned a company. And so he said, hey, You've already been knocking doors. Won't you just? I didn't know that yeah. that was the pitch. That's the pitch, you know. Yeah. But I, but I logically thought. Of All right. Course. So for our listeners who don't know what summer sales is, you've yeah. got companies that do pest control, do alarms, do whatever, and they recruit a most ripe recruiting pool is mostly yeah. young men who have been knocking doors for two years yeah. to go out and knock doors in an area and sell pest control or sell. Yep. Yep. Alarms? Is there something else? I don't know. I don't. Anyway, know a lot of different. Alarms. This was back when we used to do Dish Network, man. We did. Satellite. Oh, really? Yeah. This was back satellite. in two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to die. Back in. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to die. Okay. People think I'm good at sales, man. Yeah. I'm terrible. Like I'm good at sales. So back in two thousand. So you're you're knocking doors. Two thousand five. You oh, try to keep me on track. You, okay. you try to keep me on track. No, no, no. Two thousand five. You're out knocking doors. That was over ten years ago. Yeah, twelve years ago. Yeah. And so we were in Atlanta, and then. 
because of satellites, long story short, there's a bunch of trees everywhere in LA. Yeah. So they like they split up our office, which was basically like an apartment. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we <laughs> the, we quote office the office. Yeah. Okay. We end up, I end up going to Missouri. I'm halfway to Utah. A lot of my all of the people I was selling with went to U- BYU. Yeah. And so they were like, why don't you just move out here, man, and see if you like it. Nice. And so I didn't even get into BYU. None of that. I just was like, if I like it, I'll stay. If not, maybe I'll try to get in. Long story short, ended up applying to get into BYU a couple months later, and I got in the following semester. Yeah. Never and thought that I would ever pioneer. live in Utah. I never. Nothing against Utah. But I, in my life, I never. Can I just ever tell thought. you, I think, though, that for people who are transplants to Utah, I think that's more common because I never thought I'd live in Utah. I grew up in California. Yeah. And then my wife and I got married. She had a six-month internship here, yeah. which turned into a job, which turned into yeah. we've been here for more than 20 years. It was never our plan. Ever. I Ever. Don't think, I don't think uh. it was most people's plan. Right? But I think, I think, though, when you learn more, you think differently. And when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to go to Florida State. That's where Tallahassee, Florida is. Yeah, sure. And I've been there many that's times. That's what most people did. Yeah. And that's it's because, you know, and the more you, more people you meet, it changes the way you think. And I think that that has a lot to do with it too. I think there's a lot to that, but I also think there's a sort of a, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Like my wife and I were going to, we were going to settle down the Bay area. Mm. And then I think there's a certain amount of God saying, no, no, you're not. (laughs) I know you think you are. (laughs) And that's adorable that you think that you're in control, but I have plans for you. So, so you make it out to Utah. What was your impression of Utah growing up in, growing up in Tallahassee, coming out to Utah? It's funny to think about this because I haven't thought about it in a while. Like I remember being in the grocery store and hearing people talk about church and I was like, that's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there aren't any culture shock moment. No black people. There were no black people. None. I mean, I would see a black person and I'm like, I told you I'm biracial. I'm like, but I would see another black person and I'd be like. We look at each other kind of like, yeah, this is, this is really happening. <laughs> this is really happening. And we were like friends, but we weren't friends. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it was in culture shock. is so, it's so hard to say. What, what is culture shock? It was just different. It was just different. Sure. Um, the roads are straight and like yeah. people are nice at fast food. You know, yeah. where I'm from, it's just like, what you want? You know, <laughs> but over here, it's like, hello, how may I serve you? What? <laughs> Can I? How may I serve you? Okay, that's a great form of culture shock. Uh, I, listen, they got Popeyes chicken, okay, everywhere. Okay? Yeah, sure. In the South, Popeyes yeah. chicken. You got some homeless dude come out. Can I get fifty cents so I can get a? Like, then they're dead serious. Like yeah. I'm just trying to get a, a a thigh, you know? Yeah. But Popeyes chicken here is not like that. They're just like, hello, sir. Would you like some more? I'm like, it's just different. I got to yeah. remember that. I'm just trying to get a thigh. <laughs> I'm being, being dead serious, if man. If things ever get that rough that I have to beg, that's going to be my begging line. My begging line is going to be, man, can I just get a thigh? I just... Hey, hey. I, no, man. When I'm from people like, I can get 50 cents. Like, brother, I don't even know you. But it's like, but it's smart. Yeah. 50 cents a year, it adds up. But yeah, makes sense. Fast food. That makes was probably... Sense. Random as anything. Fast food. Like, it was just so yeah. funny. It's just like, how may I serve you? Anyway. Yeah, I've been, uh, so I spend a lot of time in Florida and generally in the South, but especially in Tallahassee's got a special kind of, a, nobody's got time really? in Tallahassee, right? You've been to Tallahassee. Many times. I've got really? a very good friend who used to run the Florida State University bookstore, uh, the computer store there. So I've been on campus a few times. Oh, I've been to that so, bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, my in my other career, but it's a it's a very different kind of a place. It's a cool place. I like College Tallahassee. Town. College yeah, town. Yeah, it's a good Capital. town. Either work, either you're going to work uh, for the state, or you're going to work for the university, or you, maybe you're an entrepreneur, or you just been or hanging around. Yeah, you know? it's a great place. Yeah. So, so you start at BYU, mm-hmm. which is great. What were you studying at BYU? So I studied psychology. I did social psychology. Social psychology. Social. So I wanted to do organizational behavior. Terrible at math. Okay, yeah. you got to get into the business school. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm like two plus two. You know, <laughs> so I was like, because they had the the OB undergrad, but I've changed my mindset all completely now. I mean, yeah. anyway, long story with that, but uh, social psychology. I really love behavior. I love it. I love studying behavior, and in the social sciences, social psychology covers a lot of different things. But basically, it's the like studying how people behavior in groups. You know? Yeah. So yeah. So when when did you were you always kind of a, a class clown? Were you funny in your family? 
was it, you know, for a lot of comedians, it's a coping mechanism growing up. When, when did you kind of realize, hey, I can make people laugh? Ah, uh, you know, as a kid, as far as back I can remember, I, I'll just give you an example, okay? Third grade, this, before that, I always danced at least. So I always entertained. Yeah. As much as I can remember, um, I did like tap and jazz. I had tights and everything, okay? Don't even <laughs> tell nobody that. Hey, you could put that one back. Anyway, <laughs> do I need to go but back I, and edit I was that? always no, you don't have to do that. But I was I was always like entertaining somehow. Yeah. And uh and as a kid, I had a lot of energy. Like I remember I didn't go to first grade. Like they went kindergarten, they put me in pre first. They said he's not socially ready to go to first grade. You were in pre first. I my birthday's in August. So I've never I was, even heard of pre first. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Talk about self esteem. Talk about lowering a child's self esteem, man. You're not ready. You're in pre first. It's not like yeah, you're it's not, not like, ready for first. It's not even like middle. It's like before. Pre, yeah, <laughs> I thought that's what kindergarten was was pre first. But, yeah. hey, but no, yeah, I. Sure. Uh, but anyway, I was in. Uh, I, I always was like. I want to say high school for sure. Yeah, I was a. Cl- I was a. I was a very. Con- I was more of a controlled class clown. Like gotcha. I was like I never. I never got in trouble. So you know, I mean, I was. You know, you're very bright, and your your sense of humor is very smart. Like I've, yeah. I mean, I've seen you on stage a few times, and you have a very smart sense of humor. So I mean, there's kind of that class clown who's the also the school idiot that people yeah. laugh at. I, I don't think there's they, any, they laugh anybody, and then they laugh about him. I uh, can see you being the smarter class clown that people just want to be like. No, but listen, man, I look people who are funny, and I'm not saying this because you're saying I'm funny, but even those kids that seem like they're dumb. They're pretty smart. Like for that kid to say something that dumb, he had to be pretty creative to say well, that. I'm, dumb I'm just talking about the kid who like sticks chalk in his nose. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and gets a laugh that way. I'm not talking about That's the self-esteem. Einstein. That's self-esteem. I'm not talking about the yeah. Einstein in the class. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the kid who ends up, you know. But, but I thought I was stupid, man. I don't mean to say that. This kind of little. I mean, I don't even. Anyway, I really did. Like, I don't want to say that I thought that I was stupid, but I think that like now that I look back, I think that the way that I learned. Now that I'm older, I feel like almost I've learned more since I've graduated. Hmm. College even. Really? Because I've learned how I learn. And now that I know how I learn, I look back and I'm like, I remember uh, in class, like they, everybody would read. And I hate boxcar children. Everybody's reading yeah. boxcar children, mm-hmm. goosebumps. I'm reading uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Because I just, I hated, I hated reading. Yeah. I hated reading so bad. Like they would do the little test. And they would have to read all the words. I'm like, oh my gosh, spelling. I hated that stuff. And um, but I realized that I learn when I listen better. I don't yeah. know. I'm like dyslexic or something. I, think, I really believe no, I'm dyslexic, man. I, I really think I am something. Well, that I I don't know. I mean, I'm not an expert in that area, but I think that there's <laughs> you guys so serious. I know nothing about you guys it. so serious on y'all like actually, <laughs> Stephen. I don't know. I don't. Stephen, I have diagnosed I don't have a you. Test. <laughs> I, I've diagnosed you, and here's what I've found. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, but but what I would say is, I think there's a gospel principle yeah. at play, which is the continued learning. So yeah, I mean, you yeah. kind of nailed it. I think there are too many people who. Get a degree and then go, okay, now my learning part is done or I'm going to learn the job or I'll learn my calling in church. Uh, but this this growth of being able to make a lifelong pursuit of learning, there's a gospel principle there. That's right. what we're supposed to do. So you're actually doing it right. Listen, we live in a time where if you don't know, it is your fault because you can learn however you learn. Yeah. Like I listen, right? Yeah. And now that I've learned that I've learned better listening, changed, changed my life. And anybody can. If yeah, you, you there's know, so much you like out to there. Learn, it's true. You can, yeah, you can learn faster too. So, so when was the first time you took the stage to perform? Mm, very first time to perform or to do comedy? To perform. When was the first time on stage? <sighs> man, it's as much as I can remember, man. Waking my, my mom waking me up when I was like a little kid being like, do that dance, Steven. You know what I mean? Like, what about what about on an actual st- – like, when was your first back, time I, performing? I performing? remember like, being like – kindergarten first grade doing like lip sync contests in like oh, the yeah. after school program like yeah. if you remember like crisscross oh yeah I would jump wear, around jump, no, no no jump what jump, was there? jump jump, jump. Oh, crisscross yeah. To make it. Yeah. yeah i remember i had a friend did you wear your pants back i wore my pants backward tucked them in and i crisscross was the i would backward dance pants guys i was dancing i was dancing i remember at least uh kindergarten mc hammer i could do mc hammer like mc hammer <laughs> I'm not trying to say like, but like my, That's awesome. I, it was first dance. Dancing was the thing that, um, 
Before where, comedy where I was perform, dancing. Before comedy, wow, was that's dancing great. on a stage, live performance. I don't ever. I don't. There's no better place in my mind to be than on a stage. Yeah. Ever since like like what? Yeah. I want to say at least kindergarten. Wow. Kindergarten. And then did you start getting involved seriously in in uh, performing when you were at BYU? Uh, I did. So when I so getting into BYU is a whole story. Like I, the fact that I got in was completely the hand of God. Like a hundred percent. Didn't I've never taken the ACT or the SAT. Never and you took, got into BYU, and I got into BYU, <clears throat> and it's not awesome. because I'm black. Okay, maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe just a little okay, bit. Okay, I have to admit, I kind of thought that. <laughs> Are you serious? I didn't say it, <laughs> but Bro, the thought crossed my mind. Well, you know, that's what I told you. Because no, anyway, yeah, it's because you told me that earlier. I told you that earlier. That was a good call. Because you mentioned it earlier. No, so. but good callback. No, but I. Uh, so I did performance. Then. That's a true comedian, by the way. Good yeah. callback. That was a good comedians seriously? are always looking for the callback. Oh yeah. For our yeah. for our audience who doesn't know comedians, yeah. callback is when you reference something from earlier in yeah. your set. So yeah, you see what he did there. See what yeah. he did because I said I get more money for college. Yeah, and then I said, yep, okay, yep, yeah. that was it. So, so. Uh, but I think par- partially though. But anyway, I got into BYU. And I was there for a couple, I wanted it was 2007. Right? But you got in again. I, I, I got to go back to you got in and we're going to explore a little more about where your life has gone since. Yeah. You got in because God wanted you to be there. That, I mean, there's there is, no question. I will no tell question. you, Stephen, there is no question no in my question. mind. No knowing what question. you've done and what we're about to talk about. No question. God wanted you at BYU. So no I feel that right there when you said that. Yeah. I feel that. That's, I mean, this is, mm. that's it. So, but it's been cool because the whole idea of race, man, I think race is just such a funny thing because I, I being in the background that I have, I can have a conversation. My, so I had a stepdad that was from the Philippines. So that's another thing. Really? Random. Yeah. So yeah. my mom, she married a guy and, um, you know, he lived, we lived with them and we go to his parents' house. So I, so I had that culture. I had a Caucasian, white, you know what I mean? Black. What so a blessing like, to have so but, much influence. But, in but with life. comedy. Even it's allowed yeah. me to really relate and just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I absolutely do. And so culture gives you a unique point of view. Oh yeah. 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 So when was the first time you performed like at BYU? Okay. Back to that question from 10 yeah. minutes ago. Okay. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the very first time there was this, there was a uh, audition. I didn't know it was an audition. Okay. So it was a uh, open mic night. There was a group called humor you on BYU campus. Yes. So they had a, f- a friend of mine invited me to come just to watch. And so a couple of weeks before that, I had done this like talent show for my friend's birthday. Okay. And uh, I was like, I'll just do some jokes at the talent show. So that's the first time that I actually did it. But at at an actual stage, I kind of already prepared those jokes a little bit. Yeah. So they, they were all there. I got there late and I I thought I was just going to kind of sneak in the back. Well, when I get there, they're already wrapping up and they're like, Hey, anybody else want to tell any jokes? Like, cause it was open mic three minutes. And I didn't really like think that I was going to do it, but I had kind of done it a little bit before. Sure. And then, and then I just, just they said, birthday party. anybody? And I was like, I just stood up and yeah. I went. And so I didn't know that it was an audition at the time. And uh, they called me a couple of days later and said, hey, you, we wanted to see if you'd be in the group. And that's awesome. when I started performing. Every six weeks or so, we did a new material group of about maybe like eight minutes, 10 minutes. So here's yep. a here's a little tie-in. Uh, when I moved to Utah, as when I started getting into stand-up, uh, but before I even really did real stand-up, I was in a comedy troupe at, B- or at BYU called the Garens Comedy Troupe, oh. which was a predecessor of Humor U. There was oh. was it we stand-up were, comedy? No, it was sketch. Oh, it was like all Divine sketch comedy. comedy. It was it was just like Divine Comedy. Oh. Yeah, was Humor U stand-up? Humor you with stand-up. Just stand-up. Stand-up comedy. Awesome. Yep. What a great way to hone your skills. Oh, yeah. So every six weeks you do a stand-up show. Yeah. we Every semester we do at least two shows. Oh, no, we do three shows for a semester during – and then in the summer, spring, spring we do one. Summer term we do one and we always do like a best of. Awesome. So it was cool because it was just kind of, you know, yeah. you're always thinking about stuff. Stand-up yeah. is the best way, I think, to get to know yourself. Mm. Uh, you know, one thing I always say about stand-up comedy is it's so scary – you're there by yourself. Vulnerable. Improv's great. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. You, you, improv, you can fall apart and someone else can pick you up. Yep. When you do stand-up, and especially if you do 10 minutes, 12 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, 45 minutes, an hour, mm. if you lose that crowd, it's a lonely, <sighs> oh, lonely time. Uh, one oh. time I uh, 
I, I remember working with a comedian who said, uh, you know, everybody does great. Then they have their first set that they really bomb. If they get back on stage after that, they're a comedian. Yeah. Because it's it's a scary thing. It hurts, man. Yeah. But that's where you discovered yeah. your talent. You kind of honed your skills there. So was it while you were at BYU that you did the library commercial? Yes. So, so I was actually, I was still Give us the history. To- give us the history of that. Because this is a big, big deal. We'll explain what it is in a minute. But tell us how this all happened. I, listen, man, I can't believe it's been already like seven years. Yeah. It's been so long. Anyway, yeah. um, so I did stand-up comedy. One of the one of the sets that I did, I did this. It was probably one of my lower – it wasn't lower, but like I did an impression of the Old Spice guy because it was pretty popular. And I don't even – popular. I don't, I don't remember what the joke is that I did, but I did an impression of him. So and the somehow, Old Spice guy, for our listeners who may not remember – there was an actor who was just amazing, yeah. <clears throat> and he would say things like, uh, Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back at me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. That guy. <laughs> oh, my that gosh. Guy. Yeah, you yeah. still got that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he would that, say that, that commercial, and then yeah. all of a yeah. sudden it would be revealed that he's on a horse, and then it would be revealed that he's in the ocean, and then he's yeah. flying or whatever. It was a very popular series of commercials. Tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek yeah. comedy kind of stuff. Very yeah. fun. So you did an impression of the actual Old Spice guy. Yeah. So the, the library, and I didn't know this. They were doing a commercial. They wanted to do a commercial that was a parody of the Old Spice commercial. And so somehow one of the producers, I remember where I was. I was going on my way to Cafe Rio and they called me and they were like, hey, we're going to do this commercial. Da, 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 da. They're going to film it. We want you to be it. And I was like, oh, Isaiah Mustafa. It's because I'm black. I was like, <laughs> they want me to do it just because I'm black. And but I'm like, I'm just going to just let him wait because I can, Im- I can impersonate them. him yeah. decent, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I just, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this. I'm going to nail apart. this thing. I'm, well, not that because I had already been doing it, you know? Yeah. You already so, had this. Yeah. And so they just, so we got together and helped write it. I helped them. It, listen, a parody to me is like, you just, it's principles, man. This, that, you just swap that out. Yeah. And, and so Scott Wynn, um, he's, he's blowing up. He's blowing up on YouTube doing his thing now. And he was he was just working in the library, probably doing like I don't know. They probably paying him like peanuts, yeah, man. Yeah. And so all the whole cast, students, library employees, made that thing. Very low budget. I didn't get paid a dime. I just did it because I was like just the love, you know. And it was I thought I was like this is gonna be a cool project. And that was how it started, man. And we filmed it, and then they rolled it out. So this is in the early days of YouTube. Of wow, viral videos on YouTube. Well, this YouTube is, had been around. Yeah, but. YouTube had been around, but it was more of just, hey, show videos to your friends or whatever. It wasn't mm-hmm. really – viral was just kind of coming into its own. We had mm-hmm. uh, the guys from Kid History a couple weeks back, and they were talking about this too, how it wasn't really – no one knew what YouTube was going to be. I remember surfing the web and mm-hmm. coming across this this article that said, hey, check out this parody – uh-huh. And it's getting, you know, at the time, hundreds of thousands of views. Um, I actually just <clears> checked before you came on. Your video from the library mm-hmm. has 3.5 million views. There you go. 3.5 million. So you think about That's funny. BYU what, Library. <laughs> the BYU Library has 3.5 million <laughs> yeah. views. But it's a it's an amazing video. Uh, Get, kind of doing prep for this interview. I actually uh, watched it again. Uh, and your timing on it is spot on. I mean, it's for for especially for a BYU production, it's amazing. For a B- Like listen, you channeled. I mean, you really channeled. Listen, man, I cannot do nothing but give credit to the, the production is I there's no like Scott Wynn. Honestly, it was his brainchild. It really was. And yeah. uh, but the funniest part, though, at the end, Harold B. Lee, his whiz- his lips were actually, they actually <laughs> first did it with him whistling, and you could see his lips whistling. No way. Because like, it closes. You know. So it closes on a painting of Harold yeah. B. Lee. And yeah. it's like, and it has the little whistle like. <laughs> and like, but it, his, his, his lips actually. And then they actually, decide maybe Harold you know, B. Like, Lee like, shouldn't be. Yeah, they're like, that's kind of, that's kind of disrespectful. Be at the end. Sure. But that was funny, though. So yeah. where, when does your wife factor into all this? When did you meet your wife? So I met my wife. Uh, so that was 2010 when that came out in the summer. My very, like I would have already graduated. Yeah. But I ended up taking another semester. And so we were, I took bio 100. I, I procrastinated and saved this class. I hate biology. Like, yeah. I love so you biology. waited and waited. I love biology because yeah. I wouldn't be here without it. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not trying to be like that. <laughs> You're a general fan of biology. However, but, studying it. Come on, the little A, B thing. <laughs> I still do not understand that stuff, okay? 
I understand. You know what I'm talking about? The like little the, grid, the little A, B. You were about the chart of elements. Oh, no, no. Not what? plutonium. Oh, okay. okay. I, not, not the I'm elements. I'm not sure what we're talking that's, about that's, 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 that's the other science. I'm talking about like your your genes. Yeah. How they like, I don't even understand. The last anyway. biology class yeah. I took was in 1988. Like had, so. Oh. <laughs> but there's 350 people in this class. Yeah. I meet my wife the last day of class. She saves a seat hoping that I'll sit by her. No and way. I, and I did. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Your wife's name is Danny. Her name is Danny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you guys, uh, how long did you date before you got married? So we dated, we met, we met at the end of December, and then we got married uh, in October. Yeah. So that's about great. 10 months, a little over 10 months. And you now have how many children? So we just had our third child. And when you this say week. just, I'm yeah. talking like this past Sunday. Yeah. Like, and yet you're here, and which I'm is here. such a blessing. Well, for everybody's me. asleep because it's late. Yeah. And that's yeah, the reason. That's why we're recording late. And my it's other good. son, like, almost knocked himself out today. That's another story. Yeah. But dang, three kids. Yeah. And it's fast. Three kids. Fast. Happens yeah. very fast. Fast. That's awesome. So, so you graduate from BYU. Uh-huh. You're done with BYU. Now, this is sometime in here. This is when we met. Yeah. You had you had reached out to our mutual friend Jason Hewlett, mm-hmm. who is like just one of the nicest guys oh. I've ever met, who's always mm-hmm. trying to help entertainers. And he called me and said, Hey, I was just talking to this guy who is a comic and uh and you know, will will you talk to him? And I was doing a lot of stand up at that time. Mm-hmm. We did a show together. We did a show. That was the first time I met you. Yeah, that was the first time we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had called me up and said, Hey, Jason said and and I said, hey, I need an opener for yeah, a corporate yeah, show. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. where it was or what it was. That's right. That's but, right. But, but we did the show before that. We did a show before that. Didn't I do the show with you at the theater for the fundraiser? With Mike oh, that's right. Yeah. That's where we first For my friend met. Jason. And oh, then I we, completely then forgot we about together. That. Either way. Either way. Yeah. You did a great job. I oh, remember man. that. Now I remember that. Yeah. The the theater. So I, I had one of my best friends. His, uh, his child was... Uh, was born with a lot of health issues. We yeah. raised money for him. Oh, that's right. You came out and did that. Yeah, that's so yeah, cool of you. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So you're doing stand One of the things I remember from our conversation that that night was you were kind of kind of looking at, what do I do? Yeah. Kind of where do I go? Yeah. And this took you on an interesting journey that you've been on yeah. recently. Tell us what your full-time job is. So full-time, I teach. I teach religion. I mean, I guess I could say teach seminary. I, I teach yeah, seminary. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, I teach seminary. <clears throat> It's been a long story, man. I so for for yeah. our listeners, we we have a listener. We mm-hmm. had one download last week from England, oh. but we have listeners all across the country now. And uh, for our listeners who are not in Utah, in Utah, uh, seminary is part of the curriculum. Kids yeah. get a free period that they can go, and so teaching seminary is a full time job. Whereas yeah. where we grew up, yeah. you know, where so, I grew up in California, it's a five a.m. and it's it's a calling. Yeah, it's your calling. Whereas mm. here, it's a full time job. Yeah, and so it's, you hear the word seminary, and if if you're not familiar, it almost sounds like I know in the Catholic Church, seminary is where, uh, or even any a lot of churches, it's where like a, a priest, uh, a preacher, or like a minister will learn, right? Yeah. But this is really for high school kids, and the idea is you're teaching them just core doctrine and principles yeah. from standard works that we believe in: Bible, Book of Mormon, Doctrine yeah. and Covenants, Pearl Great Price. I can only imagine. That you are the most incredible seminary teacher. Your kids have just <laughs> got to be. It's been challenging, man. It's so been... you do nothing but teach because right now you're yeah. calling. Mm. You're a gospel doctrine teacher. Just now. Just now. Just got – I just moved and now so, I just – So you're, you are teaching doctrine six days a week. Six days a week. I love it. It's I awesome. I, listen, I love teaching. It is. It is – I love it. I love it. I'm sure that uh, – I'm sure that kids are fighting – to uh, get into your class. Oh man, so I, I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. no. Of course, some they kids, are. man. I don't know. I, you never, as a teacher, it's very much like being a parent because you don't know the impact. Because I was at a, I was at a school for a year, and then I, I lived in Springville, and I was commuting an hour. Yeah, and so it just ended up working out to where they transferred me closer to where I lived, <clears throat> and yeah. so I. Uh, when I moved, I was like, oh, all these kids, like when, as I told them I was leaving, they were like, wow, you're leaving? What? I'm like, man, I couldn't even, I didn't even know that I was having an impact until it's, and it's like a parent. It's like, it's not every day that somebody's going to come and say like, and it's not even me. It has nothing to do with myself personally. That's like, 
oh, you know, Stephen, Brother Jones, they call me, right? Yeah, Brother Jones. But it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not it's not me that's literally doing it. I'm just being there in the middle, you know? Yeah, it, it is you, though. Yeah. I mean, that's why you've been given all these talents. And, and so interestingly, because I remember we were having a discussion about how you were saying, okay, what do I do? How do I yeah. use these talents? And and how do I catch yeah, a break and kind of get things going? We were sitting in the car. We had a long I discussion. That. I, remember I remember that, that night remember very that. well. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting is then you turn aside your own interests and pursuits. You start doing the Lord's work and just mm. teaching these amazing young minds. And you got to yeah. be the best seminary teacher ever. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving down I-15 freeway <laughs> one day. And I look up at a billboard. Yeah. And there's Stephen Jones' face on the billboard. <laughs> Tell us how Random Acts came about. Listen, so Random Acts came about literally. So when I actually, I can't tell you about Random Acts unless I tell you like in well, 30 seconds about seminary. Well, let me, seconds. before we jump into that, let's go into what Random Acts is because some okay. people may not be familiar. Yeah. Tell us the concept. It's a BYU mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah, yeah. So basically, imagine the imagine your your prank show, the shows that you see that are like people pull reality pranks. pull pranks and they're like always making people look stupid, right? The idea of Random Acts is we're trying, we find real people. There's two different segments that we do. One is like, it's a prank. It's literally, we're pranking someone. Um, like one episode this this season, we had Will, he was on a bike acting like he couldn't ride a bike. And we would see if people would come and help him. And if they did, we would go down and we would like, we would hear his name through the mic. We'd put his name on a big build, build big, big, big billboard, like a marathon. And then we'd be like, hey, they like, as they walked, ran across the finish line, you know, <laughs> out, out, out in California. But we're trying to catch people doing things that are kind, right? Yeah. We'll prank people that way. And then there's these other stories that are real stories of yeah. real people. And we surprise them with things that they really deserve that people nominate, real people nominate them. And it's really a, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. We watch it as a family and I cry in every episode. And every episode I, I watch and I go, well, this story's not going to make me cry. And then <laughs> boom, I'm crying. Yeah. So you came in for the second season mm-hmm. and uh, your co-stars, one mm-hmm. of your co-stars is Lisa Clark. Yeah, amazing. Who is, yeah. we have another connection. Lisa, first of all, the most talented actress I've ever seen. Real. She, and Genuine. she's got, she has got a... Uh, now some commercials that have taken off and uh-huh. become just a sensation. She actually, she and her husband Chris were in the same ward with me and Vanessa when we Back were all newlywed couples. So. Wow! And she was in the Garen's comedy troupe with me. Yeah. But Lisa's wonderful, amazing. Yeah. And then you got Will Rubio in the cast, Whoa. who uh, Will Genuinely. and I—I I don't know Will, but he—we have a lot of mutual friends, and mm-hmm. I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hate it because he's not only funnier than I am, but now he's like mad in shape. <laughs> yeah. And but he—he he actually posts the funniest videos and posts about yeah. getting in shape. Yeah. And then you, and then. Emily. Emily, that's right. Emily. And Emily's just hilarious. She super is so fun. improv is her expertise. She's so yeah, good. I, She's and so I don't good. know Emily, but we love watching her. Okay, so that's the show. Mm-hmm. So tell us about seminary and then tell us how it happened. Just real quick. So I was doing sales. People don't know. So I was doing entertainment the whole time. Sales was like my like day job. Okay? Yeah. And I turn around. I'm like, I, this is, I felt like I was in prison uh, on the day to day. And I just, one day I just quit. I quit. And I, uh, Long stuff, a lot of stuff in between, but I turned around and I pursued this thing of teaching, right? It's not like it happens overnight. It happens, it takes about a year. And uh, I just continued doing acting and it like, and it, luckily, like, well, like a hand of God in my life, like I continue to make a pretty, de- you know, money while I could just focus on teaching. And uh, I just decided in my life, and this is the phrase I use and it's like my theme to my life is I only want to do things that will matter in a thousand years. And so if it doesn't matter in a thousand years, I don't want to do it. The reason why I'm here today in this seat, the reason why I want to do random acts, the reason why I want to teach, because all the other stuff is just, it's just, it's just fluffy stuff that everybody's always acting like something's cool, but they really know deep down, it don't mean nothing to them. And I'm just tired of that. It's awesome. You know? And so I said, I'm either going to work for myself or I'm going to work for God. And so now I'm kind of doing both, you know? Yeah. And so... Random Max came along literally two, like a week after I got hired. I actually didn't originally get hired. They hire in April. I didn't get hired. A couple of months later, two months later, they offered me a position in Arizona. We, we were like, it just didn't feel right. And so, for the seminary job. For seminary. Yeah, for the seminary job. And then, so we actually- So seminary just, teacher is like super competitive. Oh, yeah. There are so many people who want to be seminary teachers. That's another story, man. But yeah. 
So don't get hired in April. But they said, hey, you can still student teach. They offer a position in Arizona. We're not, we, but it just didn't feel right. We kind of walked away from it because I had to provide for my family. Came back around a week before school starts. I get, no way. I get hired. A week later, Random Max calls me. I said, hey, just want to let you know, I just started teaching full time. I don't know if I have time to do this. They said, you know what? We probably shouldn't talk then. A week or so later, they call me back and say, hey, we want to make it work. And then we did the season. So what a blessing. Well, I mean, yeah. that is, that is God truly down to me and said, here you go. Yeah. That's the Lord's path for you. Yeah. Yeah. And Random Acts is a huge success. People love it. I mean, I it's, love it. it's great. And your intro cracked me up because you were dancing at the beginning of it. <laughs> it was, it was the original, it was three, the three members of the cast. And then suddenly oh, you yeah. just come dancing uh, in, which is also the opening to the Cosby show. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing as the opening to the Cosby show. But so I, so I have seen do, you dance. Do, yeah. Do, yeah. They're coming do, in and they're dancing. Do, do, do. So, yeah. so, uh, so now your life is just, I mean, it's, you bring such joy to so many people. You've got your family dialed in, you got random acts going on. You're teaching all these amazing young minds. I mean, Steven, you're my hero. Like you're just, oh, you're such a blessing. You, man. Bless you, man. And then you come on and a week after you have a baby, you come on and hang out in People our studio. Like, Ooh, this guy's and, a jerk. And, uh, <laughs> What's he thinking? No, we're doing yeah. it. It's now 11, 19 PM uh, because, uh, because you put your family first and uh, that's, and that's a real blessing. So, uh, I've got one question that I like to ask people toward yeah. the end because I feel like we've we've well gotten to know you and this yeah, has yeah. just been amazing. So I've got a question and then a request. The yeah. first question is, um, what does uh, the church mean to you? What do you love about the church? First of all, you got to understand there's a difference between the church and the gospel. Yeah. So that's why I asked what you love about the church because our show focuses on people yeah what do you love about being a member of our church well that's what i think i think i can't talk about the church without talking about the gospel yeah go <clears throat> and uh, the reason why i say that is because uh we all come there because of the gospel and um you know i almost want to make a video of people who are like struggling right like imagine a video of someone like waking up and maybe they got a porn problem, right? And they're putting on their shirt and tie, going to church. A couple, you know, arguing at home. Yeah. Kids screaming on the floor. But we all come together for the same reason. And because we all believe the same thing. And we're all stupid. We're all dumb in some way. Yeah. And we're all trying hard, even though we act like we're not, right? And uh, the reason we come together in the church is because we believe in Jesus Christ. That's why I love the church. I love the church because it unites people who need Jesus. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very succinctly put. So the last request, I probably should have done this in reverse order because that was incredibly spiritual and really strong. But the last request I have is not a spiritual request. It's actually, <laughs> this is a humor one. See, I shouldn't have, I should have ended. You could ask me one more spiritual I'm, I'm, question. I'm a terrible pod, podcast. I could try this. Host. I could try it again. Maybe. No, but that was, that was beautiful. Now I feel bad because what yeah. I'm about to request is, uh, so people earlier heard your Morgan Freeman saying Morgan Freeman <laughs> <laughs> impression. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it really does sound like Morgan Freeman. You can't Morgan say anything Freeman. else. Morgan Freeman. No. Uh, tell me to say um, something. I'll try to see if I can do it. Shut all the doors. We were talking about that earlier. From shut Stand the doors. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> shut the door now. Uh, so. Drive Miss Daisy. You do. <laughs> Where do you want me to drive you, Miss Daisy? Is that so, <laughs> so, so you do one impression that is so spot on. You do one of the best Denzel Washington oh, impressions. Oh, man. You know what? I have never. I haven't really done it on stage before. You know that? Yeah. Really? So I don't we think were, I have. We were working on a commercial oh, that's right. together with Danny Drysdale. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the commercial, you were doing a Denzel impression. You were being, you were, you were like, you're conducting a job interview or you're being interviewed or something. And by the way, Danny Drysdale, one of, this is two weeks in a row he's come up, one of the most talented filmmakers ever. Oh, he's but good, man. He's amazing. But you were doing a Denzel impression and I was on set with you guys. And all I remember from that 
is that the crew had to keep stopping because we were laughing so <laughs> hard because your Denzel was spotting. So here's my request. Okay. I would love to hear Denzel teaching seminary. Oh, Denzel. Could you okay. do could okay. you do Denzel okay. teaching seminary? Yeah, just a, just yeah, a blip of yeah. it. It doesn't have to be big, but right, your okay. Denzel is good. Okay, so this is Denzel teaching seminary. Kid didn't read his scriptures. Okay. Okay, Here we got, go. it, got it. I didn't go. even know you were asking me this. Okay. No, just so oh, you know. Yeah. Yes, did, I did by not the way, know this. I did not mention this. I had this plan, but I didn't want him to be able to prepare this. <laughs> so take a moment, take a breath. <clears throat> no, here we go. But true story, he know he knew nothing about this beforehand. Here Denzel Washington, seminary teacher. So the kid's like, I didn't read. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, okay, all right. So so you so you so all right, so you telling me that you didn't read your scriptures. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, all right. I can't hear you speak up. Speak up, Mr. Man. I'm telling you, I, I, it sounds like you didn't read your scriptures. Well, let me tell you something. Lehi ain't got nothing on me. I probably shouldn't have said Lehi. I shouldn't have said Lehi. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, Nephi, you think that you did? So, so, that's all. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're telling me that you didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. There you go. Oh, that was excellent. There that surpassed go. my expectations. <laughs> Stephen, this has been an absolute pleasure. You're a great man, a great example, a great role model. If people want to, if people want to see your work, what do yeah, they do? Anything on social media, Mr. Stephen Jones. Uh, if you want to check out uh, Mormon Channel, I got a thing called One Question That Puts Life into Perspective. One question that puts life into perspective yeah. on the Mormon channel. And then Mr. Stephen Jones. Mr. Stephen Jones is everything that you kind of do on social media. Yep. And then Random Acts. Yep. Random Acts. Check out Random Acts. It's still on BYU TV. You can stream it. On, so good. Uh, BYU TV has an app. Also, um, Roku, all of that. All of those apps, you can download it there and see it. And or obviously, BYU TV or RandomActsTV.com. Yeah. Comedian, actor, father, father. seminary teacher. Yeah. Awesome child of God. Human being. Stephen, thank you so much. Pleasure mine. And now for my Latter-day Life. Uh, it was so fun hanging out with uh, Stephen. What an amazing guy. His energy is just incredible. I'm so grateful that uh, a while back I took the time to get to know him. And what a, what a cool blessing that's been in my life. Uh, it's gotten me to thinking, actually, this week I, I uh, set up a trip coming up in Chicago. I hadn't been to Chicago in a while, but uh, I'll be there in a few weeks. And it reminded me of an experience I had a while back. I was in Chicago, and it was one of those times I got to bed at about uh, midnight or one o'clock in the morning after uh, a long day of working. And I got up at about four in the morning. I remember getting I remember getting two or three hours of sleep, and I was miserable. I got up, took a shower, got dressed, packed up all my stuff, and I went and got on the rental car shuttle. And it was probably four o'clock in the morning. I had a really early AM flight and I'm sitting there and just half asleep. And the guy across from me on the rental car bus, and there were a whole bunch of people on this, this shuttle heading over to the airport. The guy across from me looks over at me and smiles and says, hello. And, and there is nothing I wanted less than to talk to this guy. I don't know who he is, but I, I kind of smile and make, make it clear to him. We don't need to talk to each other. <laughs> And uh, next thing you know, he looks at me again and says, how you doing? And again, I just thought, what is the deal with this guy? I said, fine, thanks. Didn't ask him how he was doing, nothing. And he looks at me again after a minute and he says, so you heading home? This guy is desperate to strike up a conversation with me. Why can he not get a clue that I don't want to talk to him? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and finally, he leans in really close to me and says, um, you have toothpaste all over your face. Sure enough, I wiped my hand across my mouth and somehow, while I was brushing my teeth, got toothpaste foam all around my mouth and looked like I was a dog with rabies. And this poor guy was being so nice at four o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he was just as tired as I was, just as miserable. And yet he took the time to tell me that I had toothpaste all over my face. I don't know when I would have looked at a mirror next. It may have been after checking in at the check-in counter and going through security and getting on the plane even. Who knows how many people would have laughed at the guy walking through the airport with his face covered in toothpaste. And fortunately for me, that guy was there for me. That's what friends are for. Folks, amazing things happen 
when we open up our own lives, when we're willing to talk to somebody. And this podcast has been an amazing experience. All my friends that have been coming on, it's because we've had a chance to talk. And when you open your mouth and you get to know people, incredible things happen. So I would say that's a great challenge for us this week. Uh, if we can just open up our mouths and be heard. And when, when people, gosh, people are what really matters. And what a blessing it is for us to uh, to be able to get to know people. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, get to know Stephen Jones a, a little bit better this week and for joining us each week on the podcast. Uh, remember, the Latter-day Lives podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you want to get a hold of us, if you've got comments, if you've got requests for guests or you know a question or if there's something you don't like about the show, we'd love to hear from you. I can be reached at Sean, that's S-H-A-W-N, at latterdaylives.com. On Twitter, we're Latterday underscore lives. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash Latterday Lives podcast. And our website is just latterdaylives.com. Uh, we just want to thank you so much. The best thing you can do for us, if you enjoy the show at all, if you can go on iTunes or on, on uh, Stitcher or on any of the apps you listen to, uh, and you can give us uh, a five-star review or whatever, however many the maximum stars are. Right now, we have all five-star reviews on on uh, iTunes, and we're so thankful for that. We really appreciate it. And then also, if you could share it with a friend, if you've got someone that might enjoy a little bit of an uplifting uh, 45 minutes to an hour to spend with us who enjoys good conversation, then by all means. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. We got a great show lined up for next week. I'm actually really excited. I think we're going to learn a whole lot together next week, and it's going to be great. So thank you for joining us. And until next time, remember, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. Get out and be in it. Just not of it. Have a great week. <laughs>